everybody, and welcome to Canned Peaches, a fucking Deadwood podcast. I'm the host, Mike Marbach, and today we're going to cover Season 1, Episode 6, titled Plague. Uh, today I'm joined by Rob. Hello. And Katie. Hi. And we're going to talk about the plague, not the one that the uh, colonies are now facing, but the one that the territories did in the 1800s. Uh, we're talking smallpox in Deadwood. Uh, for that, some bits of business. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. Let us know what you what you think, especially if it's uh, good thinking. Uh, <laughs> and we have some live episodes coming up of other podcasts that we do. We'll have to talk about doing one live for, for Deadwood, maybe for the finale when we get to that in uh, a couple years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're moving this very, very slowly. Uh, Killing Eve is back today on Easter. It's Easter Sunday. That's when we're recording. And Killing Eve returns two nights and tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, we will be doing a live version of our eavesdropping, a Killing Eve podcast. So go to watercooler.com and get your free ticket for that. And Better Call Saul is starting to wrap up its season. So on April 21st, at 7 p.m., we'll be doing a live episode of our Better Call Saul podcast, Breaking Goodman. Again, tickets are available, so go to watercooler.com and pick one up. We also just recorded a episode of our Water Cooler podcast uh, on Tiger King. Tiger King has been a lot of quarantine. <laughs> it's a lot of what everybody's talking about right now. It's kind of con- on the, the tail end of things. Uh, but we did record one, and if you want to hear some Philly comics talk about the show, then go to watercore.com or iTunes and uh, give it a listen. Cool. And if you have any thoughts, questions about the show in general, you can email us at cannedpeaches at uh, watercooler.com or just connect with us on social media at watercooler, W-O-O-D-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-R. All right, Rob, Katie. Uh, we are into first impressions of episode six, Plague. What thoughts have you got? Uh, I thought that going into this one, I was prepared for this to be like, all right, here we go. We're watching the, like, <laughs> we're going to watch the dramatization of what this looks like in the 1800s <laughs> compared to what we're, what we're dealing with today. It was, um, it, it almost felt like a placeholder episode a little bit to me. It wasn't, it wasn't too like, it, it was like, uh, we're going to wrap up some, wrap up some of the big events and like how people, you know, getting people back into their places for what's happening next. Um, it was good. It just wasn't, um, it wasn't like as I didn't, I, I thought, I thought I was going to be like chilled uh, because like it was it hit too close to home right now, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that. Yeah. Katie. Yeah. I honestly thought it was a pretty slow episode. Like it felt like a lot was happening, but at a very like drudgy, like trudgy pace as opposed to like it, the way that the other episodes were setting up smallpox coming to town made it feel like it was going to like rip through the town real cool. Like it was like once there, once it starts happening, everyone's going to get it. And it's yeah. still in the slow, I guess it's still in the slow burn phase of the pandemic or yeah. the, the, the town demic. Cause it's <laughs> not affecting the world. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good, but it was slow. Like it was, I had a tough time. Like it had, a, it, I had a tough time paying attention in like in that like locked in way that I have been for the other episodes. Like, sure. you know, I look up and be like, okay, they're like, I'm taking notes and I look up and it's like, okay, they're still talking about the meeting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with both of those, both those takes. Uh, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, I can agree that it was uh, a bit slow, even by Deadwood standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it wasn't as like, uh, chain reaction kind of thing uh, with the with the plague coming coming to town. Uh, it wasn't a contagion sort of scene where Doc Cochran has a map of the United States and this is this is what it looks like at twelve hours. This yeah. is three weeks from now. This is six months. You know, and spills like ink on it because they can't do CGI or anything like that. <laughs> um, but it, it's still kind of like definitely a slower slower build to things. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have titled 
the next episode plague as yeah. things are, yeah. are more um it kind of building a bit more yeah instead of the next episode's title which is everything's fine <laughs> yeah or just plague comes to the deadwood or is, yeah. you know something but that's besides yeah. the point that's a small very nitpicky sort of thing yeah, i enjoyed like, the episode yeah it was a it was, it a, was a good, good episode. episode it just like it, and some important things happened yeah for sure yeah, yeah. 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 It's uh, just, it was just a little bit of a snooze. Cool. Uh, we had one storyline here, which is uh, Seth out looking for Jack McCall. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk through that first, and then mm-hmm. we'll get into the more interwoven storylines that happen throughout this episode. Uh, so we have Seth. He's out looking for Jack. We saw him leave at the end of the last episode on his way to bring Jack to justice. Uh, and he is attacked by a Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, bashes him, too. Uh, yeah. Him yeah. Yeah, gives him the old kabong. Yeah, the old kabong. Dances over him. Uh, and it wasn't looking good for for Mr. Uh, Mr. Oliphant in this particular circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he ends up getting the better of him and smashes the shit out of his head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that he I- makes pudding. I thought that the fight was like, it, I think it was like well choreographed and it made sense, but it was also this really slow yeah. kind of clumsy fight where yeah. it was just like a lot of like hug, like that, like the boxers at the end of the fight where they're basically just hugging each other yeah. and like a, a punching a little bit. Yeah. And the, the head bashing was gruesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it reminded me was- a little bit of the, uh, the mountain and the viper mm-hmm. uh, yes. from Game of Thrones because you have like this. This guy could have finished off Seth mm. pretty easily and handily, yeah. but he had he had to ask uh, yeah. or yeah. he had to dance. Or uh, mm. talking about uh, sometimes you got to dance. Stuff. Yeah, you got to dance. He wanted to show off. He got real cocky, and do it cost s- him his life. Do they say what um, tribe is in that? Is it like the Sioux or the Lakota or like what group? I didn't catch that. Of. Yeah, I didn't catch that in this uh, in this episode. But I did hear. I did write down what Charlie what Charlie had explained the markings on the horse. Uh, yeah, which is three red hands is three men killed hand to hand combat. Uh, circle on the horse is one was killed on horseback. White mm-hmm. lines uh, is counted coup, which is basically striking to show your strength to show off. Uh, okay, so that, was, that was him getting bashed in the head and danced over was counted coup. Oh, uh, okay. That's what it was. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, felt like the fight choreograph uh, timing and pacing from like um, when Rowdy Roddy Piper, that fight in uh, <laughs> They Live, it's just like very drawn out <laughs> and, 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 and slowly paced, but, yeah. but gruesome. Yeah. And they were both out of bubblegum, right? Yes. <laughs> they were both. Yeah. Well, hadn't been invented yet. So <laughs> all they can do is kick ass. And chew, chew. Chew, chew. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, Charlie stumbles upon him. And uh, I guess Charlie's he- on his way, headed back to camp. Uh, and he stumbles upon uh, Seth, who kind of picks him up uh, and gets him back to a point where uh, he's able to get up and talk and uh, get through being on the ground, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. being, being near death. Uh, and one of the first things that Seth says uh, is he updates him on the news that Wild Bill has been killed. Mm-hmm. Charlie takes it uh, in stride, I would say. Um, yeah. That he had heard it, but he thought it was just another <laughs> one of the rumors that has been spread while Bill was killed, usually ends up not being true. Uh, so he even asked him by your own seeing. Yeah. By my own seeing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that had to have been so heartbreaking for Charlie Utter. Yeah. Because in this time, like we are very fortunate where if someone in our lives dies, we get instant, pretty, pretty instant confirmation of it by phone or text or email where like Charlie didn't find out until what weeks later that he didn't get that confirmation. Like between, yeah, he didn't get that confirmation. That's gotta be really hard. It's like, cause he, I think Charlie Utter really loved and cared for wild bill. Yeah. 
for sure. And he takes it in stride, but it's definitely like a strained stride where he's trying to hold back like his real emotions. And all it really comes out is like frustration and, and, mm-hmm. and a little rage at, yeah. uh, you know, Seth's desire to uh, give the Native American that he just killed uh, like a proper burial or, or tribute. Yeah. He's like, We're wasting time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Charlie didn't take too kindly to the wasting of time mm-hmm. uh, for, for burying for sure. Uh, and he ultimately helps out. Uh, yeah. Seth, Seth wants to dig a grave. Charlie's like, nah, that's not what they would do. They would put them up and they would face them, you know, a certain direction. So he's like, well, fucking do that. Uh, yeah. And he helps him get him up on the, um, what would you call that? Scaffold. Like, a, like <laughs> the, a pyre? The death scaffold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Pyre. Uh, and that was up there already. They didn't build that. Because I yeah. saw that in one of the opening scenes. I thought that it was really for the time period, especially with all of the like the the racism and animosity that was built towards like different indigenous people and di- indigenous tribes in those like in that time period. I thought it was like really lovely to see this kind of like moment of humanity. Yeah. That like like he also does this person also deserves yeah. like to I bashed his head in, but he's still a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. And it, it definitely illustrated just the brutality of the time too, which the show do, doesn't pull punches with uh, illustrating just how brutal this mm-hmm. existence and how yep. close to death you are at any given moment from a dozen different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Uh, and then they both set out to continue to try and find the coward Jack McCall. Mm-hmm. So. I am glad out. that it wasn't super easy to find him. Like, as as slow as we were saying that this episode was, I'm really glad that it wasn't like Seth wanders, Seth is on a horse for 10 minutes, and then, like, he finds Jack McCall. Yeah. Like, I like that there's a little bit of work happening, mm-hmm. at, you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, anything more on that quick uh, quick storyline? No, I think that covers it. Yeah. All right, so we go to the gym where Merrick is talking about uh, being, is it on the wagon or off the wagon? Is he sober or not? He's he is off, not. He's off the wagon. He's off the wagon. He's off the wagon. He fell, so he fell the, off the, the falling wagon. Falling off, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, libations, Doc walks in, he says something about, maybe thought I said live patient. <laughs> yeah. So dumb, fucking Merrick. What did you say, call? Abe Lincoln or Hey Lincoln? <laughs> I was saying Boo Earns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the doc shows up and goes to see uh, one of the Johns that's there, uh, who has come down with the plague. Yeah. And the uh, one of uh, Al's girls is up there uh, and uh, didn't once. Uh, anything to do with it. it. Yeah, yeah. And he paid her a dollar to, to just kind of wait, to wait yeah. there, uh, which yeah. was, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, the, what does he say? Yeah. He, he couldn't get up, paid, paid her to wait. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's also, also this one moment where uh, Al says, or, or no, one of the, the girl that's there uh, says, explaining what happened. Oh, oh, and he keeps getting sicker. And Al just like interrupts her. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. Shut up. And then we have, I guess smallpox is is really hitting the back of people. Uh, people's backs really, really yeah. take, a, aff- take a hurt. I, I think it affects like the spinal fluid. Yeah. And it affects, like it causes everything to inflame. So it's yeah. really painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because each of these people is just, oh, my back. <laughs> my back. I'm oh, so sorry. My back. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we move to Ellsworth at the Bella Union, Cy and Eddie looking on, uh, and Ellsworth is having a conversation with Joni. Joni's whole purpose there is to get people spending money and mm-hmm. keep, yeah. them, keep them spending money. Uh, and he's talking about his, his claim, saying he's got a working claim. Uh, and if I, if I knew us a little bit, be- if I knew you a little better, I'd throw a fucking in there. Uh, and then that's one of my favorite quotes of the episode. Uh, where he says, oh, all right, fine. A working fucking gold claim, Joni, and thank you for allowing me my full range of expression. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ellsworth is just such a fun character. He really is. Uh, He's very likable, and 
I'm always glad when he's on frame. Yeah, and he's on his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not. He's he's not trying to be on anybody's bad side. Uh, he yeah. does whatever he can do to take care of himself, but also not piss anybody off at the same mm-hmm. time. Uh, he's so, very concerned with self preservation. Yeah. So uh, I usually ask you, Rob, like, what would his, his uh, probably true neutral? Be? Yeah. Probably true neutral. He's probably capable of just doing whatever he he needs to do to get by. Uh, not really moral or a. He's pretty amoral. Mm-hmm. And uh, is neither law abiding nor uh, law eschewing. He's just he's just right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jenny gets him over to the tables where he starts playing some craps. Uh, a little later, he's not doing so well, and mm-hmm. Joni mm-hmm. tries to get him to take a break, and yeah. that does not sit very well with Sai. Yeah, uh, Sai's the worst. He's the Go Kitty. No, I was just also say he is the worst. Like I thought that this, the way that the show sets up the first couple episodes, it makes you. I was I was manipulated into thinking like, oh, Al is the Al is the villain of the show. Like he's the guy that everyone's gonna cause conflict with. It's like no, I think Sai's the true villain of the show, and Al's Al's a bad person, but he's not. Yeah. He's not dangerous in the way that Psy is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this episode paints that perfectly, as you were saying, uh, and also just really cements that fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, that throughout this, you just see how much of a piece of shit Psy really is and how yeah. he is only concerned with himself and his business uh, to the point where he was ready to kill off the camp by not talking about the smallpox. Yeah. We don't know uh, what that's like. Yeah. yeah. We have no idea what leadership is like when they completely ignore uh, a, a, no, a warning signs and threats. Yeah. Uh, and we see Joey, who was sent off to Kansas. Yeah. Or no, to Nebraska. Uh, mm-hmm. For that Nebraska pussy. Uh, mm-hmm. And he comes back looking terrible. <laughs> he yeah. looks so bad. I caught the fever. <laughs> On my back. Oh my back! Oh my back! He didn't make it, uh, and then he stopped off at a couple of other places, hoping to find, you know, a vaccine. And of course, Sai is mad. Not of course, mm-hmm. but of course for Sai. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he's mad and saying like, "Whoa, that's a breach of fucking trust, mm-hmm. you piece of shit." What are you doing, going yeah. telling people you, our business? Because he couldn't keep it under wraps quickly. Yeah, and, but but it's also the thing of like Joey's. Joey was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like Joey was, he's like, I can't, I'm not going to make it to this Fort, Fort Kearney. Yeah. And, but I'm going to try and go to Buffalo Gap and see if they have it because Mm -hmm. I think this is important to do. And like size reaction is just like, Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Oh no. Oh beans. Oh, Oh, I really could have used that. Oh, we stepped in it this time. No. Uh, yeah, and there was also the quick dismissal of like what he's looking at and saying, "Oh, well, maybe you just got yourself a dose." Yeah, uh, and he's like, "No, I'm a virgin. That's why I jumped at the whole idea of this Nebraska pussy you were selling." Yeah, yeah. Uh, we all so dream of losing our virginity to some sweet, sweet Nebraska. <laughs> <girls>. <laughs> oh, poor Joey. Uh, so he tells, yeah. tells him to go lie down. Yeah. So the. Ellsworth is, uh, Joni tells Ellsworth, like, take a break. Cy doesn't take too kindly to that and uh, takes over uh, and starts, you know, throwing him and Eddie, uh, just trying to keep him at the tables. And he says later on, he turns it into a more long-term prospect Mm -hmm. rather than just sucking him dry right there on the spot. Yeah, and uh, and what's, is Eddie's size counterpart? Uh, his right hand. Yeah, his right hand. But that's the guy I'm thinking of. Um, he His character continues to be the one that the way he delivers his dialogue seems to exist in another time for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no affected voice at all. It just seems like he's a guy I could bump into at Acme. Yeah, he's playing himself. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he's also, as a character, the Eddie is generally always finding a reason to... St- 
speak his mind. Not a reason, yeah. but he's generally yeah. just speaking his his mind, which of course Sai is not liking very much. Yeah. Uh, so when Joni uh, speaks her mind and is dismissed by uh, Sai, he says something to Eddie that he doesn't want to have to beat the shit out of him, more or less. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to have to turn his anger on him. So maybe stop. And it makes me wonder, you know, I've I've definitely watched past this in previous attempts to get through this show, um, but I, I don't recall much. And it makes me wonder, like, what does Eddie have that he can kind of speak this freely and only receive, like, verbal half threats? Yeah. Um, so like, what's, what's the dynamic here? He's obviously, it feels like he's obviously needed by Psy enough where he can be more flippant Mm -hmm. and not receive real repercussions as of yet anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe we, uh, we learn as the show goes on. All we know so far about them is that they are, they've been around, they've been together for a long time, uh, and have gone different places and done, done this. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, when Ellsworth is at the table and Cy comes up to him and they, like, basically, like, because Joni's not doing her job, um, does, are they, are Cy's dice rigged? I was wondering that myself because he was doing pretty well. Because he was hitting sevens every roll. Yeah. And, like, that's that's either a complete fluke and it worked out in Cy's favor or... Sai had a special paradise. Seven is also the number that you're most likely to hit if you roll two dice. There's more combinations that can lead to seven than almost any other number. Like, you know, there's only one way to hit 12. There's only one way to hit two. There's... But I think it was the same combination. I think it yeah. was I think it was four and three every time. I don't think it was like one and six, like like a like it was like a random chance thing. I think it was falling on the same. Yeah, I mean it's entirely possible because I it also seemed like um, uh, what's his name was practicing Eddie. switching the dice in his hand as he yeah. was rolling. So mm-hmm. definitely, so I mean, there's yeah. no gambling board. Here. There's no there's no gaming commission. Uh, this is just people at a table that have dice. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to assume that they are cheating and yeah. that the dice are. Loaded? Loaded. Yeah, loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we can move on a little a little bit uh, to... Uh, let's go to Al pressing EB to mm-hmm. get Alma uh, to sell. Uh, and also pressing EB to get Alma... To get Trixie. To get Alma. Mm-hmm. To get doped up. Mm-hmm. Um, because EB has suspicions that... That's not that's not happening. Yeah. Um, so he's just kind of skulking around in in one of the more skulking around episodes that EB has. Yes. Yeah. This is prime skulking uh, <laughs> yeah. episode for EB, and yeah. and also, man, I don't know if it wasn't as apparent before, but God, his clothes are just tattered and torn. Which I think is perfect for EB. Mm-hmm. Like I think the costuming of this show is like really well done because. In terms of EB's character, EB, I think, thinks he's a higher status than he is. Mm-hmm. So he's got like he's got the frilly front, and he's got the the, the waistcoat, and he's got a, a nice a, a nice hat, like a like a hat that Sai would have if Sai would like be like I'm getting rid of this hat, but all of it's yeah. in tatters. Mm-hmm. So it shows like who he is as a person is that he thinks he's this person. He thinks he's something else than he actually is. And what he actually is, is like a bottom feeder, a bottom feeder. Yeah. Yeah. In this scene is also where, excuse me, uh, where doc lets Al know, uh, that his joint was not the first where the Mm -hmm. the smallpox has showed up and Al does not take too kindly to that. No, his, he's got like motherfucker eyes or just like, like that look where just like you can hear it in their brain. Someone, motherfucker, like mm-hmm. like a tea kettle going off and the steam coming out of his yeah. ears. He was fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he storms the Bella Union. Yeah, this is great. Uh, just runs in. What about the vaccine? Huh? What about the vaccine? X nay on the vaccine day. Yeah. Should we? Uh, go behind the cage and talk about this, or should we maybe just shout at each other from across the tables? Yeah, freaking everybody mm-hmm. the fuck out. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. So then they, they do, they go back and talk about things uh, a little bit and arrange to have a, uh, we should chat this the fuck out mm-hmm. as I believe Al, Al puts it. Yeah. What um, point does, does Swearingen, uh, does Al, um, talk to the sex worker in his joint? When he tells her, all right, just do hand jobs for two days. Or That's a, a little bit later, yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if we missed it. No, no, no. Uh, she, yeah, she is uh, concerned that she's been exposed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she tells the story of how it in, impacted her family. Uh, and now says, well, it seems to me that your sob story leads me to believe that maybe you're immune. Yeah. Uh, You've got antibodies. Yeah. You got you got some fucking antibodies. Yeah, go to go to hand jobs for two days, which is like <laughs> yeah. the the eighteen hundred sex worker equivalent of social distancing. Yeah, and yeah. Work, or working from home. It's it's just hand jobs for two days. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even a uh, a federal sort of decree. No, uh, I was, was just on top of it. Yeah, he he basically. He, I mean, he wasn't even demanding that she did. It was just because he even says like, if you'd like, move to hand jobs for two days if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be fun explaining to a John, hey, um, <laughs> this is where this has to end because I'm worried I've been exposed. Yeah, I mean, we could, I think it's safe to say that throughout this episode, the doc included their hygiene and their uh, antiseptic practices yeah. are not exactly up to today's standards. No. He's, like, he's like, it's okay, you can, you can breathe, just turn your head away. Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Uh, we had a live study hall last night where one of the lectures was about the assassination of Andrew, uh, not Andrew Garfield. That's the actor, right? Um, yes. President he's, Garfield. He's very much he's alive <laughs> and not murdered. The assassination of the guy that played Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, assassination of President Garfield uh, and how one of the main reasons he died was not due to the bullet by Charles Gateau, but because of the horrible antiseptic practices of the day to the point Mm -hmm. where people were, multiple people were sticking their bare hands into his rummaging. Yeah. Trying to find like a a mystery grab bag uh, where, where this bullet was because they couldn't find dirty claw game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't find the bullet. Uh, and even Alexander Graham Bell got in on things. Uh, yes. The inventor of the telephone got yeah. in on things. Trying to stuff a phone and it's like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He stuck the receiver in and was trying to talk to the bullet. Yeah. Hello, bullet. Are you there? Come quick. I need you. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the times were not made for. Uh, rubber gloves and uh, face masks, to say the least. Correct. Yeah. Not right. the cleanest environs. No, not at all. All right. So where are we? Uh, EB uh, is at Alma's to fetch Trixie mm-hmm. uh, because he let them know that, let Al know that he doesn't think that the widow is doped up mm-hmm. uh, and that Alma is in withdrawal. Al, uh, we see that Ama is in deep withdrawal right now. Yeah. Uh, sweating. She's, she's in pain. Um, she's not all there. Uh, she's, in a, she's in a tight spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real tight spot. Uh, so Al and the doc, uh, oh, we got to that. We stormed the Bell Union. Um, and Ellsworth is, we saw Ellsworth there kind of enjoying the tables. So Evie mm-hmm. goes back to Ama's room and he's creeping around and he is like all up in her face. Yeah. And she's like, please leave. <laughs> and he's like, but I could change your sheets. Yeah. Get the t- fuck t- out. <laughs> I, I turn down service is, is a lot of this. Do you need a chocolate for your pillow? <laughs> EB, get the fuck out. No, Mr. Fawn, get the fuck out is more or less the gist of that scene. Yeah. Uh, that man is just like sentient stew. He's just all drippy and oh. wet and gross. Uh. Yeah. Uh... We also see the return of Jane. Jane is back at camp oh, talking shit about everybody that she passes. I believe I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, I believe I'll fucking wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And she's, the reason she's back is she's, she wants to check on the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's headed yeah. to her Doc Cochran's place. And uh, yeah, she uh, is going to wait for him because he is off tending to 
uh, patients uh, mm -hmm. of the plague. So we go back to the gem, uh, buy some fucking uh, buy some fucking fruit or the like. Uh, we get our first mention, uh, a glimpse of some canned peaches. Yes, in here. Yeah, I was so excited. I was like, yeah. oh look, it's time it's to like drink. And he, and he mentions it like eight times. It's like it's like when you spend time when you're having a party and you made like a dish and you bring to like a potluck party or something like that and nobody's eating it and you're just like, oh, there's a seven layer bean dip over on the table <laughs> if anyone needs seven layer bean. And then like five minutes later, you're like, did you try the bean dips? I heard I don't know who brought it, but it's pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good. good. You might want to get over there and get that bean dip before yeah. it all goes. It's good and stuff. then you leave with three quarters <laughs> of what you brought. <laughs> uh, yeah, Johnny. Uh, Johnny doesn't know how many's a, a gathering. He doesn't know what fruit. Uh, so he gets these canned peaches, which because, which uh, we're happy to have. It is the yeah. the title of the podcast, after all. Um, how much fruit? How many is a fucking get-together? Um, is there a reason for the fruit? Or is it just like a party needs fruit? Or does it like have some medicinal property to it? Like, no, nah, I like, think Gao just wants to be a good host. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's lovely. I think he just wants to like. I think. I think this is the equivalent of like. I, I guess I'll put out some Tostitos and salsa. It's like yeah. all I got is canned everything. <clears throat> yeah. Or or semi, you know, old uh, meat. Just old old horse meat. Yeah. Um. So Eb goes back and tells Al that the widow is in withdrawal. Mm hmm. So there's that. Uh. Uh. Al and Trixie. Uh. They have their chat. You give her the dope. Uh, well, no, I don't see her take it. She takes it behind the uh, divider as, you know, to spare the child viewing. Well, do you see fucking billows of dope smoke rising from behind the fucking curtain? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've never seen a rich person high before. Yeah. Uh, it's just a fun <laughs> sentence in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all right, here's the deal. The next piece of dope, I want you to watch her swallow it. And then I want you to look in her fucking mouth up, Above the tongue, below the tongue, and make sure that she's fucking swallowed it. Um, yeah, and he's pretty clear about the fact that he believes that she's not doing it. Yeah. Um, and she is playing like, well, why would I do that? And another one of my favorite lines of the episode, uh, which is, uh, I'd rather try touching the moon than take on a whore's thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good quote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Al yeah, this asks, episode was full of some good one-liners. Sure, yeah, for sure. Uh, Al asks EB to watch Trixie uh, to see if she's lying. Uh, so he gets on Trixie and then gets on EB to be on Trixie. It's fucking chain mm -hmm. yeah. reaction of skulking. Um, and then he asks Al, you want me at the get-together? Well, how the fuck could we do without you? Yeah, and then right. there's somebody else that is... Uh, shown to have the uh, the plague, and that's another one of my favorite quotes, which is just Al fucking plague. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Why? Well, how's that not been a meme yet?" Yeah. Fucking plague. <laughs> fucking plague. plague. Eb is like a less capable Dwight from The Office. He's just oh yeah, being sent on a on yeah. on, on missions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Trixie breaks it down to Ama that Al is on her, so she needs her to fake it, mm -hmm. to, to act like she's high, because otherwise we're going to have bigger problems. Next time EB is around, just look high. Uh, and I love that her version of high is like being into EB. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just like this like sleepy, sexy thing where she's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what? Like where I would think that like, because opi opium makes you, like, really sleepy and sedated, that it would just be, like, just kind of lie there and, like, half respond, and rather than, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like a leg behind a wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, hey, Mr. I think Bond. it was, uh, I think she was just playing on what she also knew would work to manipulate him. Sure. That makes you sense. Yeah. EB's a EB's a fucking dumb, dummy dullard boy, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, throw a little flirt with this, you know, nodding off and He'll probably buy it. And he did. Yeah, yeah, he surely did. Explains to Al that, you know, she gave me the whole thing. Uh, lustful looks, uh, sweating, like, you know, all these different things. And Her I think breasts Al were exposed. <laughs> yeah, heaving and whatnot. Uh, 
And Al says something along the lines of, well, I hope that you were able to control yourself, E.B. There was a child in the room. Yeah. A child Thank person. God E.B. has standards. Yes. You know, like. yeah. yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. All right. Uh, there was a quick scene of Trixie dropping off sheets to Farnham uh, and then Farnham just being like, take him to woo. I'm not dealing with this shit. Uh, and then we see, a, we see a little chumminess between Saul and Trixie. Mm-hmm. I think Saul's got a big old crush on Trixie, and I think it's really cute. It's adorable. Saul's, yeah, Saul's one of the genuinely good people in this show, so it's yeah. nice if she has a arc where she kind of, like, cleans up her life a little bit that that, uh, that that might go, that might come to pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they kiss. Uh, <clears throat> Johnny heads off to the preacher, asks him to attend the meeting, and... Uh, I love that the preacher asks, like, uh, might, I, might I ask why? Uh, and he just responds, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Al, Al doesn't tell me those things. but I'm just the intern. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the coffee. Yeah. I tell people when their meetings are. Uh, before he goes, though, he did ask me to get some fruit. So I know that much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. John. That's enough for anybody. It's like uh, it's like when you have a, a freshman mixer and the only way to get people to go is you got to say, there'll be pizza. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we go to the Council of the Plague, which is essentially Sai, Al, uh, who else? Oh, Merrick, the Doc. Yeah. The Preacher. Was there anybody else there? Saul. No, not Saul. Uh, yeah, Saul was there. Oh, yeah, Saul was there. He was, he was representing Seth and oh, right, yes. yeah. Yeah. the hardware store. He had his proxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Council of Plague. First thing to say, Plague's in the fucking camp. Blake's Uh, here yeah and the doc's like smallpox uh yeah he wants me to call it smallpox you know just in case the 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 rats decide to descend upon us it's reserved yeah Uh, yeah wonderful uh so al has pretty much everything sorted out he lays out an entire plan this this meeting this is like a meeting that could have been an email yeah Uh, Mm um it could have been a zoom call yeah so they, the deal is, let's set up a tent. Where are we going to put it? Saul offers the hardware store. Uh, Al says, no, that's got a fixture of permanence. Let's go with tents because it has a more passing feeling. So we're going to put together yeah. $1,500 to get the vaccine. Send, we're going to send to these three places that may have it. So that includes sending to the places, uh, paying for the vaccine, paying riders. Um, and then they all just kind of throw a bunch of money in a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have the the or was this a little later when they talk about how it's going to be how it's going to be uh, reported and he, they get over the the fight over gratis say uh, free, yeah, free, free gratis yeah free gratis <laughs> yeah we'll yeah. just take gratis out then <laughs> yeah it's, yeah Merrick's is I'm sorry Kate go ahead no you finish your thought uh, it was just that that's pretty much exactly where it happens Merrick is putting together the story and they're all kind of gathered around talking about. Uh, what it's going to say. Yeah. Are we trying to educate the people or talk down to them? Yeah. It's honestly wild that again, this, this show is shifting ex character expectations around in a way that I find really satisfying is that Mm -hmm. like, I would expect it to be flipped with Cy and Al that Cy would want to be like, here's the plan. Here's how we're going to do it. Like, a, but it's but Al's doing it in in a way that is actually like effective and helpful, capable and capable, and it's like he's it's really a smart strategy where like Cy didn't want to talk about it at all, so it's like the the long game versus short game. Like yeah. Cy's only thinking about the short game, where Al's thinking about like no, we need all these people alive because then they'll come to our places and then, then we'll keep getting money. And if they're all dead, then we're, then it's useless. Like, yeah, his intentions now. Yeah. His intentions may be seemingly for the benefit of everybody, but mainly it's for the benefit of, of him. It's it's, it's a self-serving means to a positive end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, he's no, he's no like, He's not like a saint or like some nun going off to do missionary work. Uh, he's he's doing it for himself, but that, but the way he's doing it is benefiting everybody. Yeah, and they they offer it free gratis. 
Uh, I feel as if if this if things were left up to Psy, the vaccine would not be free. He would be like the Mm -hmm. Martin Screlly of things where he he corner the market. He's got the vaccine. Okay, you want it? It's this much money. If he found that he would make more money selling the vaccine than he would uh, at at the tables. I just I was just that just reminded me that Martin Screlly is still in prison. And that made me happy. I did just see a story where he talked to somebody and he wants to help with uh, the coronavirus, to which I say the only way he can help is by getting it. <laughs> That's all. He is yeah, a horrible good. human being. He's oh, the worst. Oh, he's awful. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, oh, and then the, the reverend also is like, he, oh, yeah. the reverend also makes some good points about like the optics of everything. Like, where they're thinking of how to like like set up the structures and stuff where the the reverend is like eliminate all doomsday language from how we're spreading this information mm-hmm. and don't ostracize the afflicted mm-hmm. and and then like it's basically his whole thing is like give people hope even if the hope isn't necessarily true at yeah. this current time like at this stage of the plague, let's make people feel like we're all going to be okay, even though right now we're probably not going to be okay for a while. I don't know what that feels like, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, if we're finding parallels to what's going on now, uh, they are taking actions necessary to make sure that everybody is okay whilst, mm-hmm. while downplaying the fear of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas what's happened in our country is many people were taking efforts to downplay everything while doing nothing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. or very little uh, to prepare for what we're all now dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. It it shows to me that a bunch of scoundrels in a saloon in the 1800s put together a more more effective plan. plan. Uh, Nothing uh, except for Fauci. Fauci is the best. I love that guy. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Which reminds me of one of uh, one of my other favorite quotes in this episode from Al is as a base of operations, you cannot beat a fucking saloon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there we have it. Imagine yeah. where we could have been owning a baseball team in Chicago. Hey, <laughs> you play the hand you're dealt. Yeah. And again, speaking of baseball, what does Dan want to see? Sports. Sports. He wants he wants Merrick reporting on this on the All baseball we want scores. Is sports. Yeah. Man, Lots of parallels. Oh, for sure. All right. Uh and then the preacher has one of his fits. Oh. Uh yeah. So he doesn't have smallpox, he has epilepsy. Yeah, yeah, he, if not epilepsy, having seizures, some yeah. sort of some, seizure. Something that, that seizures are a byproduct of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he stands straight up, looks toward the sky, and falls right down. Uh, and Al lets out a, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put a metal spoon in his mouth. He'll break every teeth he's got. Yeah, and Al talks about a brother that he had. Uh, you don't hear much about Al's family. No. Um, but he talks about a brother that he had where this would happen to him and we'd collect pennies when it would happen to him on the streets. Uh, I guess people paying to watch or, <laughs> or being a sympathetic of what's so going on. Moved, moved to donate, but we go one way or another. <laughs> it's a money making endeavor. I think it's probably more of like the freak show aspect yeah, of sure. it where it's like, come see this medical oddity happen. Yeah. My brother's going to have a terrible seizure. Please give Come us- see the amazing shaking boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Al gets down and says, yeah, you know, preacher, you could have just said amen. Yeah. And that was such a good, like from like a shot composition. It like, that was such a good shot with like, you just see the top of the reverend's head and all of the, like in levels, all of the men, like looking mm-hmm. down on him. It was, it was a really, just a really lovely shot. That's yeah. it. And I think it also is another one of those moments throughout this show that kind of show you Al's character because Mm -hmm. he sees the terrible thing that happened. He's extremely annoyed by it, but he Mm -hmm. still does what he can to help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's pretty unflappable. Um, I mean, I know, I guess that's not true. He, he, he is flappable, but he plays his emotions very close to the vest. Yeah. For his own self benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Where I think EB is very easily flapped. Like it takes it takes like a a, a gentle breeze to flap. <laughs> yeah. Eb is as flustered as a soccer mom when they're out of the avocado she likes. Oh, poor soccer mom! They only have the other avocados. Oh, 
We don't like those avocados. No. Can I see the manager? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I yes. am the manager. <laughs> so he has the seizure. Al exclaims, like, what the fuck? He helps mm-hmm. him uh, get better, get something to, for him to bite down on. Johnny grabs, like, a metal spoon and Al says something like, you want him to break all his fucking teeth? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he's up in a room seeing the doc and uh, says, prescribe him some canned peaches and send him on his fucking way. Yeah. We have our, ding, ding, we have ding, our ding, title. Ding, ding, yep. We got a nickel. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we go to the Bell Union. Cy is still sore about Joni. Eddie's giving him some, some back talk. Uh, Cy talking to Joni about the free ride that she's been on. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, I, do yeah. all, I can do this. I can do that. I've done this. Uh, and he's like, hmm. Have you though? Yeah. Have yeah, you? it's this the, the the line that he said that I really like. Like he's size an asshole, but I thought this was a really good line. Was you're I have you here to create an atmosphere, and on your good days it's <laughs> I'm sad, and on your bad days it's I'm real sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Is sigh. she sad because of Andy? Is that issue, or is she just like not? happy in general which like both are valid because she's in deadwood it is both uh yeah. both and probably more she's she is definitely sad because of andy because we've seen her talk about that in previous episodes but here in this scene she also says that she's just not happy in deadwood mm-hmm. uh she didn't she doesn't want to be there she, she she yeah she's sad and some days so sad yeah and this just from his speech where like size talking to Joni, he had it's I think it's Im- to me at least it was implied that he has a sexual relationship with her, like mm-hmm. Al does with Trixie, but in a less gross way. Like in terms of like when you watch Trixie and Al have sex, it's like, oh gross. <laughs> like um Yeah, this doesn't seem like fun. Yeah, Trixie. It, and it doesn't seem like it's really fun for Joni. E, like this isn't like yeah i'd still say ooh gross yeah but like in a different way like they're they're both on the ew gross spectrum but like they're I, just diff they're different but similar i think sai feels the same exact level of of possession over joni mm-hmm. that that al feels to trixie but i think sai recognizes more of uh, i think that sai thinks more of joni than al thinks of trixie um, yeah. I think they both feel this kind of like the labored affection that really is just ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, but Di thinks Joni might be more savvy. And I think that Al just thinks Trixie's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah up to this point, I can, I would agree with how yeah. those things are presented for sure. Yeah. In that, in that line of, of, I want to always touch you like this. Don't oh, make me caressing her. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, don't make me touch you differently. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that Gosh. sucks. Yeah. Like, like, because it's that abusive, it's Joni's fault if Sai gets mad enough to hit Joni. Yeah. It's never Sai's fault. Like, it's mm-hmm. that manipulation of power, and it's it's such a bummer. Yeah, it's a real downer moment in the show. It's a real <laughs> downer in this very uplifting and positive show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we go to the doc and the preacher where he's diagnosing himself. He basically WebMD'd his symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the doc says something like, oh, you went to WebMD. How about you let me do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about this burning smell that he had, which is kind of along the lines of what people talk about when they have some sort of brain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, know, you got a brain thing, a, uh, a tumor or something, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and that's when Al shows up and says, prescribe him a can of peaches and show him the door. Yeah, quick, quick scene. Anything more to uh, speak on that? Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because the, the guy, like they ask him if, well, this is later at the sick tent, but the doc asked the reverend if he's still okay to do this. And my note was like, this dude survived Manassas. I think he's going to be fine. Like, not that, not that his 
how do I word this? It's like he's his affliction's still serious, but, but emotionally he's going to get through. Yeah, this. it's right. like this, yeah. like the traumas and horrors he's already experienced. Probably this feels probably like small pickings compared to what he's seen yeah. in the past. Yeah, for sure. I think mentally and emotionally, like you were saying, he's he's well suited to deal with deal with this physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like we're seeing across the country and the world right now, uh, we're seeing people that have survived much you know horrible things that are now taken out by the yeah. COVID-19 right um so he's not safe but mentally and um emotionally he's yeah he's got this mm-hmm. yeah he, he Emo- mentally and emotionally you want a guy like him on your team Absolutely. when dealing with this you want someone who's just going to be like even keel very calm very gentle throughout this whole thing and being uh, a man of the cloth doesn't hurt either uh, yeah, because yeah. a lot of people are going to be finding God in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people cling to faith in uh, moments of distress. Yeah. Uh, so we go to uh, another scene of Merrick putting that paper together, putting it on the press. Doc wants <laughs> Doc says, "Get that Amos out of there." Uh, I guess he's Doctor Amos Cochran. Yeah, uh, doesn't want that name in there. Uh, I, it's, fine. it's fine. I wonder if. Mer- old sneezy Merrick's um, like alcoholism is going to play more like the more than like a bit in the upcoming season because it felt like at the beginning of the episode they're really setting up that it's important that we all see that he that we all know that he's Drinking not again. sober anymore yeah and that he <clears throat> thinks that actually being sober was such a dumb idea like that feels like important statement to make yeah and then it just never comes up ever again in the episode like he's kind of fine and functioning for the rest of the episode even though he was like getting towards like my eyelids move at different rates drunk (laughs) at the beginning yeah he was uh are either of you familiar with uh the old uh roasts dean martin roasts yeah Mm -hmm. uh foster brooks foster brooks was a someone that would perform in those roasts and he was always stereotypical drunk mm-hmm. uh, okay so if anybody's listening uh at home uh check out foster brooks and the old dean martin roasts and you're basically you watching how be. merrick yeah how merrick behaves which is very close to almost burping bubbles oh, okay <laughs> yeah very stereotypical and there was that one line where al walks in and says to merrick stop drinking for a few hours we're gonna have a fucking meeting <laughs> yeah how mad men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're putting together that, that paper where we have that take the gratis out stuff. Sai thanks Al for not putting the stink on him, for not, spreading, for not spreading the news that he was content to let everybody fucking die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see Jane come back, and we have uh, a quick dialogue between him, or between her and uh, E.B., where it's like, oh, your room's been rented. Fuck you and fuck the rooms you rent. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go see to the see to the little girl. And he says, be brief. Be, be fucked. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just think she's so good. I love Jane so much. And... Yeah, all of my favorite lines from this week are just like her just being like, "Yes, I was drunk a while." Correct. <laughs> yeah. Like, What's the fucking matter to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the conversation between, uh, or that the rest of that conversation where he asks Jane, "How do you feel? How the fuck? What the fuck business is it of yours? Well, you were around sick people, right? Yeah, I fucking was, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just trying to ask you how you feel because you were around sick people." If you were yeah. around them and you feel fine, then you may be immune to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's two things. It's like her brain's just not making those connections at all. And two, she's just looking for a fight. She's yeah. hurting so bad that she's ready to like, like it, someone could ask her like, do you want, how do you want your steak cooked? And she'd like pull out a knife and be like, how do you want your steak cooked? Dead? Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> I want my steak alive. I want my bill. Oh, no, <laughs> I want uh, a cow, a living cow. Uh, speaking of wild bill, she goes into the, uh, before she gets to the room, 
where Ama and Trixie and Sophia are, she sees this guy that's staying in Wild Bill's room and paid two dollars yeah. extra to do so. Um, and he's a hat salesman. He's just there to sell some hats, I guess. Yeah. Um, so she knocks on Ama's room, and the little girl answers uh, and says, "Hello, Jane." So that that was a nice, sweet, sweet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice, sweet was. scene in general, where she's kind of conversing with Sophia, this this little kid that she kind of helped helped save a couple of different ways, uh, physically, yeah. physically, but also saved her life when they were out to kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also was just like a genuine at least trying to be an emotional <laughs> protector of her too, where it's like, I'm always going to try to make sure that you feel safe mm-hmm. here. Not just that you're physically safe, but that you feel safe because feeling safe is also really important, especially yeah. to children. Yep. Uh, in this scene, we also learned that Brahm is still in that crate. Oh, he's mm-hmm. just soup now. <laughs> like he's soup. There's no, there's no way yeah. that like he even looks he's just- even remotely what he looked like before. Yeah, you open up that casket and you're basically looking at one of those stereotypical dead bodies in movies with the worms and everything kind of coming out of eyes and into the mouth and up through the nose. You ever seen Return of the Living Dead? Not Night of, Mm -hmm. but Return of the Living Dead with like the tar zombie? Yeah. That's probably what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like, who put mashed potatoes in this coffin? Like, Gross. 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 I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. Gross, yeah. Katie. Come you on, crossed Katie. the line. Too far. Uh, so she looks at Sophie and says, uh, oh, no, Trixie says, like, you can go by anytime you'd like. <laughs> I'm a fucking drunk. I'm a drunk. Can't come by every time I like. Uh, plus, I'm going to be working with the sick people and I don't want to get y'all killed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to see a kid. I'm going to go help the needy. Uh, and says that she's going to keep this memory of her... Uh, and also put a penny aside every time she curses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very nice like, and sweet seeing her. This side of ma- her, she's making a college fund for it's, the kids. It's very much like grandparent energy. Yeah, where it's like every time I think of you, I'm going to put a penny in a jar, and like, and it's really that's really sweet and tender. And just swinging back to her, um, her conversation with the the hat guy when he asked her, what's your connection to wild Bill?" that made me really sad for her because it's like, Oh yeah, you're like in, in this time for like now, like every in she's in history books now, but at that time she was a footnote in wild Bill's story and not even what some would consider an important footnote. She was just kind of there for, like, people didn't care that a woman was there with him. Like, they mm-hmm. just cared about Wild Bill. And that really sucks. Like, yeah. like, you're already hurting so much. And to have this person just be like, and who are you? Who the fuck are you? No one cares that you are upset about this room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, like, overall view. And then you get to the interpersonal connection. Like, mm-hmm. who is she? Because we've talked about that on the podcast. Like, what is their connection to each other? Because co-worker kinds of kind of relationship almost yeah. brother or sister uh are they lovers does she love him uh so mm-hmm. there, there's like what is your connection and her connection is a whole bunch of different things like you pointed out katie but that nobody knows yeah that's, that's sad that's yeah sad. it's yeah it's just really a bummer for her because like it just seems like she's just a person who's just trying her best all the time she's most of the time she's doing fine to not great but she's trying her best all the time. And this is just like a constant, like she keeps trying to get up from being down. And it's just like, someone's just always there to like kick her. Yeah. Yeah. She drinks a whiskey drink. And she then drinks a lager drink. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. a cider drink. <laughs> yeah. And then a uh, vodka drink. She comes out she's of pissing the night away. <laughs> yeah. She comes out of there and uh, follows the bodies to the tents. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that, they're finally finishing up the printing and Al suggested an edit. I don't remember exactly what it was, but Merrick was like, Nope, this is the definitive edition of the paper. This is how it is. I'm not making any more edits. And he's just like, all right, fuck it. This is. Our yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, then we're at the tents where we see Johnny and uh, I think Dan or maybe some other flunky 
uh, taking a body to the tent. And that we have that moment brought up earlier where it's like, it's all right to breathe, just turn away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny because Doc is in there and then you hear Jane screaming out from outside like, hello, anybody, <laughs> somebody. Service, please. Yeah, yeah, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, and then Doc welcomes welcomes her into the uh, into the pest tent, and she's in the thick of it now, and she's there to help. And it's again nice to see another side of Jane. Don't know that she's going to be sober doing it, but she's there to help. But she seems to not. She seems to have the antibodies. Yeah, yeah. She's got the fucking antibodies. Yeah, they can't really afford to be picky yeah. right now with the help, like. If Jane's going to be drunk this whole time, but she's willing to help, I think they're just going to have to take that. Like, yeah, you got Jane. to say no. Jane, who may fall down drunk at any point, and the preacher who may fall down seizing at any point. <laughs> um, yeah, you, uh, you you do. You take, what yeah. you, you take what you can fucking get. Uh, so we're back at the gym. Al is happy with his contributions, talking about the uh, imminent return of the vaccine from the people that were sent out. And he's also impressed by Sai's business sense, mm-hmm. buying up the uh, land uh, in the, uh, I guess, the Chinatown of, of Cap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It shows a lot of forward thinking. So he's, he's, he's kind of impressed, but also very annoyed. Very annoyed at this. Yeah, um, that probably that he didn't think of at first. Yeah. And then it's it's that line I've already brought up. As a base of fucking operations, you can't beat a fucking saloon. Yeah. And then we're played out uh, by Bucka White's High Fever Blues. Always a crowd favorite. <laughs> Always a crowd favorite, yeah. It's Free Bird and Bucka White's High Fever Blues. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we played both of those songs in a row at our wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will dance to it at my wedding for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. And that's our episode. Any final final thoughts? Any thoughts about what's coming? I mean, it feels like this is the calm before the storm with the plague, with the uh, sickness. So I'm expecting the next episode um, to like the shit to really hit the fan because it's like out now. Yeah. But they have some infrastructure set up now to deal with it. So I'm sure that like Jane will probably shine. Uh, the thing that it seems like, um, the the claim on old soupy jim uh his his gold claim that's going to hit ahead pretty soon and uh yeah looking forward to it yeah yeah i mean we have the we got the army corps of engineers setting up mm-hmm. the tents we got mm-hmm. the vaccines coming uh we have the red cross on the, on the scene so mm-hmm. to speak so yeah i'm definitely expecting a full on mash episode yeah uh, next next time around. Katie? I'm hoping that just for the sake of storytelling purposes, like I don't wish this for the people of Deadwood, but I hope things start getting a little sloppy because that's more interesting than um, everything being figured out really quickly and sorted. Sure. So like, yeah. I don't like, yeah, it's that weird thing of like, ironically, me sitting here during a pandemic is like, I hope things get bad, (laughs) you know, like, but I think that that makes for this show that makes a more interesting story for real life. I don't want this. I don't want this pandemic to be interesting. I want it to be figured out and fixed. But for Deadwood, like, you know, I, I just, I'm excited to see what happens, but I hope that future episodes aren't like this on a, in a consistent way, like in that slow burn type thing. Yeah. Well, I've of course seen the show multiple times over, so I hate to break it to you, Katie, but the rest of the season is all pest tent. <laughs> it's just oh, all good. basically a, an old West mash. Okay. <laughs> That's not true. And they don't have a laugh track in the pest tent, the only outside the pest tent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is that uh, anything? Yeah, in MASH, mm-hmm. they only had laugh tracks. They, they didn't have a laugh track inside the, surg- the, uh, the, uh, the surgery area, but outside they did. Oh, but Hawkeye was still cracking jokes? He was. But they were, it was, you had to get them. You didn't have the help of a laugh track. All right, uh, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, trust the Sauces, at Trust the Sauces on Instagram. That's my hot sauce company. I'm at Johnny B. Good, J-A-W-N-I-E-B. 
the letter B G O O D on Instagram. That's my personal. So check me out. I post things. Cool. Katie. And, and as always, I have absolutely nothing to plug. I'm rereading some books and that's nice. Cool. She's plugging reading. Yeah. yeah. Read. It's fundamental. Yeah. That's what I hear. Uh, this is Mike. You can follow me on all the things at Mike Marbach. And like I said, we have several live episodes coming up. Uh, we have the eavesdropping live episode to cover Killing Eve's premiere, which is tonight. Uh, the show is tomorrow night for our uh, recording, so get tickets for that. And also the season finale of Better Call Saul. We're covering that through Breaking Goodman. And the Watercore podcast is looking to set up more uh, consistent episodes as well, some of which may be live. So go to watercore.com for information on that and all the podcasts that we do. Uh, and uh, on behalf of uh, all of us that do podcasts for Water Cooler, I can say uh, thank you to any and all uh, first responders, uh, people that are on the front lines, people doing uh, stocking the shelves uh, in grocery stores, anybody that has contributed to keeping the people that can't leave the house fed yeah. uh, and in good health. Uh, and Tip uh, your delivery drivers very well. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. And uh, keep yourself healthy. Stay home until anybody but the president says that you can leave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Listen, to, listen to Fauci or Cuomo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Katie. Thank you, Rob. Thank you all for listening. Bye. 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 I'm paying down with the fever And it won't let me live I'm taking down with the fever And it won't let me sleep it was about three row clowns before he would let me build. I wish somebody would come and drive my fever away. I wish somebody come and drive my fever away. This fever.